Hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless the name of the Lord. This is another day the Lord has made. We shall be glad and rejoice in it. Once again, I am Pastor Dennis Matov all the way from Freedom Experience Ministry. And this is the Freedom Streams program where we bring you the living word, where we experience Christ with you. We want you to see what uh, we have seen in the word of God and we encourage you to always follow us. This is Freedom Experience Ministry and uh, I'm Pastor Dennis Matov. We are on this wonderful program, The Freedom Streams, whereby the word of God becomes our uh, order of the day. We trust God that as we go in details of the script in the scriptures with you, you are seeing a new vision unlike that which you had from the time maybe that which was a bit traditional and religious. We now want you to see something of life, something of experience in the mighty name of Jesus. We have been talking about Christ's New Testament economy and we have seen a lot of aspects of Christ but today we are going to continue with another one which is Christ in his person. And in this we are still say, talking about uh Christ in his person and this time we are going to be seeing his person in his human living in human living we have seen recently we are talking about uh, his person in incarnation we saw his person in Godhead in creation see in the incarnation then we proceed with it in human living and, and this is what we are going to be now talking about in the mighty name of Jesus and we see that the foregoing messages on Christ's person, we have been mainly concerned with this person in the divine element. Now we need to see his person in the human element. No doubt this respect of Christ is also for God is dispensing. We need to see this aspect also when we talk about Christ in his human living. So in order for God to dispense himself into our being, it was necessary him to become a man and before God could dispense himself into us, he first had to dispense himself into the man Jesus Christ so we have pointed out that in his incarnation Christ was conceived by the spirit and of the spirit of God and was born of a human virgin because of this conception and birth we see that he has both the divine essence and the human essence Therefore, when Christ became a man, he was the God-man, possessing the divine essence and the human essence. Now we need to consider him, God-man, in his human living. Praise the name of Jesus. So, number one, we see that he is the son of man that is found in fashion as a man. A son of man found in fashion as a man. Now, in human living, Christ was the Son of Man, owned in fashion as a man. He was not only the Son of Man, he was found in the fashion of a man. Or he lived as a man. Praise the name of Jesus. So the Bible says in Matthew 8, 20, and the Lord here refers to himself as Son of Man. He says that the foxes have holes and the birds of the heavens have roasts. But the Son of Man has nowhere that he may lay his head. Now, in his living, the Lord himself continually 
lived in fashion as a man. In other words, he could do and live the way just as we live. Bible says in Philippians 2:8 that in his human living he was found in fashion as a man. And the word here fashion denotes the outward guise, resemblance. Where we get the word resemble. Resemblance. His outward appearance. What we have called the guise. Here we always know the word disguise. Is the name of Jesus. So this is a specific reputation. It is reputation of likeness. Fashion means likeness. In Philippians 2 7 mentions the likeness. So what Christ looked like in his humanity was found by men to be in fashion as a man. So being found in fashion as a man, in the appearance of a man, Bible says he humbled himself. This means that when he was a man, he did not insist on anything. Rather, we see that he humbled himself to the point of dying on the cross. This is what Philippians 2, 7, 8 records. First having the form of God, emptied himself. And being found in the fashion of as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient even unto death. Praise the name of Jesus. Number two, uh, we see him as a despised Nazarene. Despised Nazarene. And in his human living, Christ is also a despised Nazarene. When you read the book of John 1, 45, 46, you see that he was always despised. He was referred to as Nazarene. The Bible says that Philip finds Nathanael and says unto him, that is John 1, 45, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, and there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip says unto him, Come and see. Praise the name of Jesus. So Mary conceived a child in Nazareth. That's why it's called of Nazareth. When you read Luke chapter 1, verse 26, 27, and 31, you see that Mary's conceiving uh, a child in Nazareth. And according to prophecy in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. It, is, it was mentioned that out of this a village shall come out a savior. Praise the name of the Lord. Micah chapter 5 verse 2. But however, we see that Christ had to be born in Bethlehem. Although the, the Bible says is a despised Nazarene, he was to be born in Bethlehem. And, uh, and we see that under God's sovereign arrangement, one day Caesarea, Augustus, ordered a census you read Luke chapter 2 verse 1 to 7 and this was God's sovereign arrangement because by that time Mary was in a wrong place and they supposed now to migrate and to move another place and this forced all the people to return to their places Mary and Joseph we see that they were forced to return to Bethlehem that was their hometown and immediately after they arrived in Bethlehem Jesus was born eventually we see that a mistake was made by the magi that arose the hatred and jealousy of King Herod who was angered that a kingly child he had news that a kingly child was to be born and that angered him so 
we see that Joseph again receives guidance in a dream to take the child to Egypt. When you read Matthew chapter 2 verse 13 to 15, and we see that this enabled God to fulfill the prophecy that Hosea 11 verse 1 was prophesying and indicating. And briefly, we see that afterwards, Herod died and then Joseph received word in another dream to return to the Holy Land. When you read Matthew chapter 2 verses 19 to 20, that's where you find this record. When Joseph returned and learned that Achelaus, the son of Herod, was in power, the Bible says that he was afraid even to remain in the territory around Bethlehem. Therefore, this is when he went to Nazareth, where Jesus was raised. He was born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth. So you can read Matthew chapter 2, verses 21 to 23. Now, for this reason, Jesus was called Nazarene, because he was raised in Nazareth. Read Matthew 26, 71. And also Mark 10, 47. For this record, praise the name of Jesus. When Jesus Christ was born into the human race, he appeared in a way that was somewhat hidden in a way that was not open or evident. It was Jesus Nazarene. He was called Jesus of Nazareth. He was a Nazarene. When Philip met Jesus, he realized that Jesus was Messiah. So then Philip went to meet Nathanael and told him that we have met the Messiah. And we see that uh, he told him that this was the son of Joseph, a man of Nazareth. And whereby immediately Nathanael said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's what we read in John 1, 45-46. In other words, we are seeing that here that Philip gave Nathanael a, a right, a right uh, information, but Nathaniel despised it as if it was not right. It's the name of Jesus. So it is difficult to say that Philip only knew Jesus as the son of Joseph, that he was Nazarene, you see. So although Jesus was from Nazareth and was a Nazarene, he had not been born in Nazareth. We have seen that he was born in Bethlehem. And here, Nathanael is troubled. He says, no. If you say that is this, the, the Messiah, I mean from Nathanael, nothing can come, can, can, nothing can come out of Nazareth. And this is why Nathanael had to argue and even to uh, respond that way. Whereby Philip said, no, I will not argue with you. Let us uh, go. Come and see for yourself. Praise the name of Jesus. So, we see that Christ, the seed of David, was born in Bethlehem, but he appeared as a Nazarene from Galilee. When you read John chapter 7, verse 52, this was a town that was despised by the people of that time. Because the Lord was raised in Nazareth, others did not consider him as one born in Bethlehem. So one of on, on the one occasion we remember that Nicodemus who had come to know Jesus tried to argue with the Pharisees concerning him. The Pharisees asked him in John 7, 52, Are you also from Galilee? Here yeah, Galilee was a Gentile region. The Bible speaks of Galilee of the nations. Matthew chapter 4, verses 15. So the Pharisees seemed to be saying to Nicodemus, Are you from Galilee? 
we know that Jesus came out of Galilee. Are you from Galilee? So, but out of Galilee there comes no prophet, they said. This Jesus was from Galilee, from Nazareth. Actually, he was born in Bethlehem according to his hidden and secret way of appearing. So as a Nazarene, the Lord grew up as a root out of a dry ground. Having no form, no comeliness, no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men. This is what Isaiah 53 verse 2 to 3 is recording. And for this reason we should not know him according to the flesh. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 16 says, If you want to be blessed and to receive from this Christ, you should not know him after the flesh. Because the moment you know him after the flesh, you will not be blessed. You will not find anything good because after the flesh, he was despised. That's why 2 Corinthians 5.16 says that, Wherefore henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yes, though we have known Christ after the flesh, we yet not henceforth know him no more. In other words, we should not know Christ after the flesh because after the flesh he is despised. Praise the name of Jesus. So, we should know Christ according to the Spirit. Praise the name of Jesus. So, as a despised Nazarene, the Lord Jesus was not a man outwardly in a high position from high places. No. Rather, he was low. No, he was not in standard. He was like was not in standard all in morality all virtues he was nothing in rank and in position and when he became a man we have seen that he took the lowest position and rank and this is why he was despised as a Nazarene you see Galilee was a despised province and the Galileans were despised people so if you consult and check with your map you see that Samaria was between Judea and Galilee. So of these three provinces, Judea was held in high regard. And Samaria was despised because the people there were of mixed blood. So although Galileans were not mixed blood, we see that Galilee was still considered an inferior region. So all the people in that region, especially those in the city of Nazareth, were despised. And as we have pointed out, Although Christ was born in Bethlehem, the royal city of David, he grew up in Nazareth. And as a result, he became as he was known as a Nazarene. Matthew chapter 2, verse 23 says that, And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that what was spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled, he shall be called a Nazarene. So the prophets in the plural indicates that this is not a particular prophecy but a summary of the significance of several prophecies such as when you read Psalms 22 verses 6 to 7 there is a, a, a prophecy there the title Nazarene is also referring to the branch that Isaiah 11 verse 1 says and in Hebrew this branch is called Nezah or Netzah the branch there signifies Christ as a shoot or a sprout of the stamp of Jesse. When you read Isaiah 11. So, 
Jesse was the father of David. And by the time Jesus was born, the throne of David had been overthrown. This means that uh, the royal stem of David had been cut off. And a new shoot sprout from the stump of Jesse and grew out of this of his roots. And this was the Jesus of Nazareth. So the sprouting and the growing of this shoot was in a situation of humiliation. Jesus was not born in a recognized and honored royal home. He did not grow up in a renowned city like Jerusalem. He was born in a poor home. He grew up in a despised town. And all is made, this made him to be uh, a Nazarene. Praise the name of Jesus. So, he is not a lofty branch of a stately tree, but a seemingly insignificant shoot from the stump of Jesse. This is what the Bible calls him. So, although Jesus was a Nazarene, within him there was the glory of God. Therefore, we should not know Christ according to the outward appearance. Rather, we should desire to know, to discern the inward reality of Christ. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Today, Christ has become the Spirit. So we should know him as the Spirit and by the Spirit. Number three, Christ in his human living was a carpenter, the son of a carpenter. So the Lord Jesus was a carpenter, a son of a carpenter. When you read Mark chapter 6 verse 3, Matthew 13 55, you see that although the Lord was a descendant of the royal family of David, he was the son of a carpenter. This indicates that the royal family had gone down from a high rank to a low rank to the rank of a carpenter. The Lord Jesus was the son of man. He despised, he was despised and he was a despised Nazarene. He was a carpenter, the son of a carpenter. Now, only in the gospel of Mark, the Lord Jesus is called a carpenter. Those who rejected him asked, is not this the carpenter? So they used the word carpenter in a despising manner. They were astounded by his teachings and even his wisdom and by his works of power, but they regarded him as the person of low status. And in today's times, they might have wondered what qualifications he had, he had because he had no degree. Praise the name of Jesus. So, Mark chapter 6, verse 3 says that those who rejected him regarded him merely as a carpenter, they were stumbled in him. So the question is why were they stumbled in him? They are stumbled in him because on the one hand they had wonderful things out of his mouth, he's speaking wisdom, he's a good teacher and they saw some of his marvelous deeds, miracles yet on the other hand we see that they considered that this man is not of a high status he is not of a high degree so they saw him as one who was merely a carpenter. So therefore, we see that they were stumbled, didn't believe all follow him. They despised him. When you see in Mark chapter 6, we see that Lord Jesus as a carpenter, he did not have a high social status. But he certainly had the riches of the triune God within himself. He also knew the depth of the truths in the scriptures. 
they might find some people that are in that low state when they have riches of the triune God. So, you see that his hearers were greatly surprised at his knowledge of the Bible. So, the record in Mark chapter 6 should cause us to ask ourselves what we want and what we value. We want an advanced degree or a high social status. When you come in the Lord, we will say that we want Jesus. We want the riches of Christ. Instead of mere superficial doctrines in the Bible, we want the depths of the divine truths in the word of God. So we would like to, to follow Lord Jesus in ministering the riches of the triune God to others and in presenting to them the depth of the divine truths in the scriptures. Glory to God. We, we, we should not think that if, if we have the riches of Christ and the depth of, of the truth, we shall be welcomed. Some places they will not welcome people with the depth of the truth, with the riches of Christ. So, in this age, we see that even in the Lord Jesus' age, he was not welcomed. Yet he had the truth. Yet he was, he was like filled with the wonderful teachings. Praise the name. But he was rejected. No one can compare with the Lord Jesus. He had the riches of the triune God and he had a depth of the truths. No matter how rich he was and how much he knew the truth in the scriptures, you see that he was despised, rejected, instead of being welcomed. Praise the name of the Lord. So we continue with another aspect of Christ, which is number four, in his human living. Taking the form of a slave, serving God and men. This Christ took the form of a slave and served God, he served God and men. And in his human living, we have seen that he took on this form. When you read Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, Acts chapter 3, verse 13, Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he was a slave not only to God but also to man. And in the New Testament usage, we see that he used the word slave. It refers to one who has sold himself and has lost all human rights. So when the Lord Jesus was on earth as a man, he was such a person who had sold himself, lost all his godly rights. He was a slave that had no rights. And speaking of Christ, we have seen that Philippians 2 7 says he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, becoming in the likeness of men. And here the Greek word form means that uh, it is used, uh, it is the same as in verses 6 of chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2. You see that in his incarnation, the Lord did not alter his divine nature, but only his outward expression of the form of God. To that of a slave. This was not a change of essence but of appearance. Praise the name of Jesus. So the gospel of Mark presents the Lord Jesus as the slave of God. And because Mark presents Christ as a slave, he does not tell us even his genealogy or status. For the ancestry of a slave is not worthy of naught. That's why Mark begins with the works of Jesus. He doesn't mention the genealogy or the status. So, Mark also 
intends to impress us with the slave's wonderful words. He says, you see, Matthew does with his marvelous teachings and parables concerning the heavenly kingdom. And when you come to the book of John, he has shown Jesus, uh, as Jesus, uh, he has got profound revelations of the divine truths. But with his deeds in the gospel, of, or in his gospel service, he is not mentioned and they are not mentioned. And concerning this, we see that the gospel of Mark provides more details and others. Why? Because he is portrayed as a servant. Christ's diligence, faithfulness, and working as a servant. We see that uh, he had other virtues in the in in in, in, the, in the saving service. He rendered to the sinners of God a lot of service as a servant. So Mark records him as a servant. You see that in the book of Mark, uh, he comes to fulfill the prophecy concerning Christ as the slave of the Lord. Remember Isaiah 42 talks about my servant, verse 1 to 4. My servant who carry out my will, do stuff my, my, who serve me. When you read Isaiah 42, verse 1 to 4, verse 6 to 7. And also you come to read Isaiah 49, verse 5 to 7. Isaiah 50, verse 4 to 7. Isaiah 52, verse 13. Isaiah 53, verse 12. All these scriptures, they are showing us that Christ came to fulfill uh, the work of being a servant of the Lord. So we see that the details of the teaching regarding Christ as a slave of God, even as we have seen in Philippians chapter 2, from verse 5 to 11, they are mentioned. Mark mentions Jesus as a slave. And such a slave served the sinners as their savior with his life and even as their ransom he was given as a ransom when you read Mark chapter 10 verse 45 was given for the fulfillment of the eternal purpose of God because he was a slave of God is the name Jesus in Mark chapter 10 verse 45 the Lord says that the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give himself life a ransom for many. So this is a very strong expression stating that Christ as the son of man in his humanity is the slave of God to serve sinners even with his life, with his soul. And furthermore we see that there is a word ransom used here. It indicates that even the Lord's redemption was his service rendered to sinners for God's plan. Glory to God. So this is what it means that Christ was a slave. A slave of God and a slave of man. Praise the name of Jesus. So we want to see Christ being a faithful witness of God. Christ being a faithful witness of God. Revelation 1.5 Christ is called the faithful witness. And as the faithful witness, Christ testifies God. Without him, we cannot know God or even gain God lived a life of a witness to God although he was despised and a despised Nazarene we have seen that he was even a slave but his living was a testimony of God he was a living witness of God this means that he lived God as a despised man in a low state and a low estate he lived God he lived a life that witnessed God faithfully and when you come in the book of Revelation 3.14 
Lord indicates that he is the Amen, faithful and true witness. Now here, Amen in Greek means firm, steadfast, trustworthy. The Lord Jesus is the firm, steadfast and trustworthy one. Because he is firm, steadfast, trustworthy, he is a faithful and true witness. Glory to God. Lastly, I want to talk uh, about the sixth aspect in his human living being, the holy and righteous one. Now, in speaking in Acts chapter 3 verse 14, Peter calls Jesus the holy and righteous one. And he says that, see, the question would be, what does it mean to say that the Lord is the holy one? We have seen in this verse in Acts 3.14, Paul indicates that Jesus, the Nazarene, the Nazarene, the one that was despised by the Jewish leaders, was absolutely for God, was separated unto God, was absolutely one with God. And according to this, we see that uh, the Bible signifies that he was the one who is absolutely unto God, who is absolutely for God, who is absolutely one with God. And in all his human history, Lord Jesus Christ is the one that is holy, absolutely for God. And throughout his entire life, he was absolutely separated unto God, for God, and one with God. So there never was any person that was like him, was always holy unto God. Praise the name of Jesus. So as a holy one, uh, the human living of the Lord Jesus Christ was altogether holy in nature. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit. He was called the holy thing. When you read Luke one thirty-five, So, his being and his behavior was holy. His living which was separate unto God, for God and one with God, corresponds with God's desire and nature. And we have seen that Peter in Acts 3.14, he calls the Lord Jesus not only the holy one, but also the righteous one. Now here to be righteous is to be right with God and also with everyone and in everything. Only the Lord Jesus can be called righteous. One Because uh, he is right with God and is right with everyone and everything. Now in everything the Lord said and in whatever he did, he was right with God and man. And as the righteous one, the Lord Jesus is the right one. He was never wrong with God or with anyone, or in anything. You see, in his human living, the Lord was always the Holy One, the righteous one. You see, the one that was always right with God, with everyone, and with everything. Glory to God. So, I want to encourage you by concluding, saying that in this message, we have covered six aspects of Christ. We have seen him in his human living. As the son of man, formed and fashioned as a man, despised Nazarene, a carpenter who was a son of a carpenter, the one who took the form of a slave to serve God, the one uh, uh, and man, the faithful witness of God, the holy and righteous one. So we have seen that such a one, Christ is being dispensed into us, the members of his body. If we are under his dispensing every day, surely we shall be the kind of person he was in his human living. We shall not want to hold a high rank 
but rather to be low in the rank or and in position and actually we are not the one living the ones that are living in this way we should change this is Christ living in us after being dispensed into us this is not a matter of following his steps all imitating him like monkey see monkey do this should be a matter of Christ dispensing himself into us then leaving him out every day as Christ is supposed to be dispensed into our being and then he lives from within us and of course as he lives within us we shall have a human living that is low in position rank yet holy in nature and righteous in behavior Lord bless you God bless you bye bye